Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi, Dr. Cohen. Hi, Lauren. Are we live? We are live with Gross Anatomy Podcast, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And I'm joined with my host, the host, Dr. Jason Cohen. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> and who are you? Lauren Taylor. Hi, Lauren Taylor. Hi. And, and I know you just um, you just had a surgery-filled weekend. What do you got to update our um, listeners? I did a couple surgeries yesterday. We're, we're recording on Sunday because I was on call this past week. So I did a couple surgeries yesterday. Today, I've been rounding on patients. And now I'm winding down and praying that I don't get any more consults for the weekend so I could perhaps just finish up a few notes and then maybe relax for the rest of the weekend. What does that mean, a consult? Is it just like after surgery, someone wants to talk to you further? No. So what a consult means is a patient, well, an inpatient consult means someone's comes to the emergency room or is already in the hospital through the emergency room or after a surgery. And now something's going on that might be a surgical issue. So they consult us to come and see the patient and evaluate. So when you're on call, you want, you're the one who gets a lot of different consults. Hey, does this patient have uh, appendicitis? Does this patient have a gallbladder issue? Does this patient have a cancer in their intestine? Does the patient have an intestinal blockage? Mm-hmm. Although is patients bleeding from somewhere, a patient has an infection or abscess. Those are all the things that I would maybe get called to see. And would, is it fair to say that now business has picked back up? I guess, I mean, you call it, I mean, it is a business. Business, doctor. yeah. Well, what's fair to say is it never really slowed down, the emergency stuff. In fact, um, it never slowed down. So while everybody kind of got this break to some degree, this weird COVID break, I don't know what right. you would call it, I, that never happened to me. Maybe for about a week only okay. when things really slowed, but but really because we do a lot of emergency work as surgeons our group it really never slowed down and and it was actually busier and more hectic for us when it was slow for everybody else because we were seeing patients in a much scarier stranger type of scenario gowned up and extra precautions and walking around with this kind of fear a little bit uh, or, or certainly, I don't know so much a fear, but a certain level of intensity. So it really never slowed down. But do you still wear that like face guard and all that stuff? Do you still wear all the extra stuff or do you not have to anymore? So for a while, yeah, we were wearing the N95 mask that theoretically filters out 95% of stuff. I, I think that's why they call it an N95 rather than just a regular surgical mask, which is the one I walk around in now. But um I no longer wear the N95. There are still plenty of people still wearing an N95. You even see still some people double masking. I, I think it's all guesswork. But in terms of the other masks, the, the special masks, we only wear them if it's a known COVID case, uh, though all that other stuff. And okay. fortunately, I, I haven't had to surgically deal with any COVID patients for a while. Is- Every patient that does surgery now, they get a COVID test before they have surgery? Every patient still before, even if they've been vaccinated, every patient that goes to the operating room, they do definitely ask for a a negative COVID test. Because if not, then we 
do do all that extra stuff and wear special suits and things. Okay. Have you operated on a COVID patient recently? Not recently. Not in not in a while. At least six months, I think. Maybe even longer. Uh, I haven't. Okay. We just haven't talked about this in a while, so I was wondering what the update was. And now surgeries, you can. Uh, no surgeries are being pushed back, right? They called elective surgeries were being pushed back, even though they weren't really that elective. Right. For the most part, they're they're pretty much all surgeries are happening now at, at almost everywhere. I think it's a constant juggle and, and it's constantly evolving. And at certain points in time, they may. Hospitals are full, uh, especially one of the hospitals where I'm at is full just because it's busy and there's nothing really to do with COVID. It's just it, the hospital where I'm at always has this issue of being over capacity. So there's always a challenge a little bit of getting surgeries scheduled just because it's so at capacity. And that's going to be a problem going into the future and someone's going to have to figure out a better answer for that. It is. I mean, the population in LA is just humongous. And that, right. I mean, the hospital you work at is huge, but there's too right. many people. Right. The population's huge. Hospitals are not a, it's a very challenging business. A lot of hospitals have closed. Then there's, we just heard in the news that there was possibly going to be this big strike at Kaiser and nursing strike, but it sounds as though that got averted and, and hospitals, the other hospitals were very nervous. If, if Kaiser was going to strike, where were all those patients going to go? So uh, that- That's so scary, especially if you were a patient. You'd be like, what, what am I going to do? Very scary, exactly. Right. Okay, well, yeah, I'm glad that's cleared up, I guess, for the moment. Yeah, but it's, but it's a constant evolving challenge and battle. Right. Okay. But, but uh, it never slowed down for me jealous of everybody to some degree because for some people they kind of had this weird you know they they got to go live in the country for a while and do everything remotely and and kind of disappear and that uh that really didn't happen to me and i i i, I mean obviously i was lucky enough to 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 have a job and all of that so that didn't occur happen with me but i didn't kind of get this i didn't get this real pause and time out you know it's funny we ordered I, I thought I was going to get to do all these home projects when, when COVID first hit, as everybody else did. Everybody picked up these interesting hobbies. Yeah. And there were a couple of tables that I wanted to re-sand and stain. And my kids and I did one table, and that was the only thing. And, and we kind of did it on a weekend here and a weekend there, and it took a long time. And, and all the other projects, nothing. Yeah, we did a lot of home improvement projects because we both worked from home. Yeah, you didn't miss out on that, I guess. I didn't get to bake bread. None of that. <laughs> Everybody was baking bread. I didn't yeah. get any new. I didn't get any new animals. Everybody got it. You got an animal. Two. Yeah. Right. Sorry that didn't happen, but you did go to Africa, which I'm still jealous of. We did go to Africa a year late, though. We were supposed to go the year before. It was a. It was a. It was a trip that took three years till it finally happened, but it happened. I know. And it was, and it was fantastic. Yes, the photos are amazing. Um, so I wanted to tell you that it is World Diabetes Day. You know what I actually did know? Do you know why I knew? Why? Because back to Africa again, when we were in Africa, we at, towards the end of our trip, we spent the last part of our trip in Zanzibar in Tanzania. And we met this amazing family from Germany that we really connected with, partly because my wife, Bernice, who's the master injector, is was born in Berlin. So she's German and speaks fluent German. 
But the parents, uh, they had these two young sons who were almost close in age to two of our kids, but the parents were both doctors. Uh, the mom was a pediatrician and the dad was an endocrinologist. And they're wonderful. And I'm still in touch with uh, Dr. Morten Chassette in Germany. And he just uh, on Instagram sent me that it's World Diabetes Day tomorrow. This was yesterday or, or two days ago. And, he's, and since he's an endocrinologist and he's a big researcher, he's preparing this big talk and a big conference. And, and they're actually lighting up, I'm reading, they're illuminating buildings over the world, the color of blue, to support Diabetes Day, which I think is kind of cool. Dr. Morton Chassette is, is doing all that and doing this conference. So I want to give a shout out to my friend, Dr. Morton Chassette and his family. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, so I just found out it was World Diabetes Day. I didn't know that was a thing. And I also didn't know that, like, it says 422 million people have diabetes. Like, I don't know if it's type, like what type. How many people? It says 422 million. That's what it says on their website, the World Diabetes Day website. And that, that number has doubled since 1980. That sounds about right. It actually could be, uh, that, that doesn't sound odd. And um, I, I must confess, I think I'm kind of pre-diabetic too. Well, wouldn't your doctor, doesn't your doctor tell you that? I'm a bad patient. I keep meaning to go get blood work. Oh and my gosh, doctor. Can we tell our listeners yeah. to make sure they get all don't, their work? Don't listen to me. I'm, I'm, it's, it's on. I actually went to get a whole body scan. I'm okay. Everybody. It doesn't look like I have any, any cancer that's going to kill me yet or nothing obvious. That's going to kill me. It's, it still could be there. The interesting thing about cancer, just as an aside is theoretically, if someone shows up with cancer and like eight to 10 years from now, the odds are on a microscopic cell level, it was probably in their body already today. So just as a crazy, weird, wacky thought, um, but there's nothing obvious yet in me. But, uh, uh, and the other thing I mean to do before the end of the year is go get blood tests. I, I have the order in and it's just a matter of finding the day to go to the lab. And what the blood tests are gonna tell you if you're pre-diabetic. I'm going to check my hemoglobin A1C, which is the, the big test to check how your sugars run. And it's not just, you know, you could check your sugar level, but that doesn't mean anything. It's, it, it's, it changes constantly during the day based on food, not eating this and that. But the hemoglobin A1C kind of is more of a blood test to kind of say, how have your sugars been in general? How, how, how are you overall? So that's, that's been a, an important test. I've never actually checked my hemoglobin A1C, but I, but I think it's time and I'm gonna check my cholesterol and all that other stuff. Men's health, you see, I have my, I have my Movember go-to. Yay, you have your Movember beard, yes. Yes. That's yeah. nice, so you're gonna let it keep growing all through November, right? All through November, we're, we're already halfway through. Yeah, and men's health, men suffer a lot from diabetes. So I'm curious, cause I've heard people say they were pre-diabetic. We had um, a Miss USA, um, Nana Merriweather was on the show and she was amazing and completely fit. Cause you usually, I think, you know, like most people, when they're like more, more obese, people are likely to be diabetic, but that's not always the case. She was super fit and it was just, I guess it's kind of genetic, right? Or is it it's not genetic? Yeah. And that's what makes me think about it is my grandfather, my dad's dad had had diabetes too. And there are two different kinds. There's, there's the kind that develops usually as a, as a youth called, you know, type one, 
which is insulin dependent. Usually those patients almost always need insulin. Mm -hmm. And then the other type is type two or adult onset, but it could also occur at any age, which is, does tend to be more associated with being overweight. And overweight is relative. You know, it could just be you're a little overweight sometimes and losing a little bit of weight sometimes kind of helps out controlling your sugars. Usually those patients don't need insulin. They're just insulin resistance. They actually make insulin. And those patients just need something to kind of help help metabolize the, the sugar so that they're better controlled. So if you were told that you're a pre-diabetic, you would just do it like Nana Merriweather didn't completely change the way you eat? Try to lose weight for sure. Make sure you're exercising, trying to uh, avoid overeating. Certainly carbs definitely affect one sugar. So, you know, a big, you know, a, a diet rich in carbs is definitely not good. I don't think it's good for anybody. I think the reality is everything should be in moderation, uh, but, but that should really be the goal. Okay. And I was also wondering, um, so it said the number has doubled since 1980. That's probably because more people are being tested for it, right? Because I remember my grandparents, they were just randomly were at like some fair or something, and they were like testing people for diabetes in this little like RV type thing. And they found out they had it and they didn't even know what it was. And that was like right. in the eighties, I think. So I imagine just more people are becoming aware, which is why World Diabetes Day exists and for people to get better access to healthcare. I think it's a combination. I think we're more aware and we're testing more, but I also think, I think overall we're less healthy people. You know, we eat horribly. We we're becoming more and more sedentary. Although then on the flip side, there's this whole mind and body and and revolution of being active and 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 exercising and being more in tune but i think for a long time we were we were missing it we 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 weren't active enough we were being too sedentary and i think overall we still eat horribly especially americans but not only i i think the amount of fast food restaurants when you drive somewhere is insane and, and even like at a Starbucks and they put up the calories and you see people walking out with their drink that's a thousand calories and, and, and they're having one or two of those a day, we're, we're, we're getting it wrong a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I, I think the Starbucks thing is crazy. But yeah, I guess, yeah, now that you say that, I'm kind of surprised the numbers doubled, even though like more people are probably being tested because I just feel like more people are aware of better things to eat. But I guess... Uh, that's not always why they have diabetes. Right. By no means. And, and, but we're also living longer. So, so it's, it's that too. Yeah. Right. Okay. So everyone needs to get checked their yearly um, physical, right? Everybody needs to be checked myself included. I need to get myself to the lab and, and, uh, and go from there. That's what World Diabetes Day is about. And to, I guess you can donate to help people that don't have access to healthcare around the world. Because obviously it's easier in America than some other places. That is very true. That is very true. What's going on with you lately, Lauren? Well, I am currently in Oklahoma. That's um, <laughs> that's my backdrop right now. Um, I'm I can tell that that looks very Oklahoman. <laughs> it's my mom. Wait a minute. Is that a is that a picture behind you? Of me, uh, my brother. Uh, you and your brother, and you kind of have this pose going with the hand on the chin. Yeah, I do. Is that the hand on the chin? high school is that a high school or college so Oklahoma photographer that told me to do that stupid pose yes that's that's high school both of us I think 
Nice. I know. I uh, yeah, it's pretty big. So why you? What are you doing in Oklahoma, Lauren? So my husband and I are moving to D.C., Washington D.C. He got a job there, and we just sold our house. So we drove to Oklahoma with the dogs. We're going to stay for three weeks while we look for a house in D.C. before we have to get out there before my husband starts his job. So it's just a lot of things. So Lauren is maybe kind of breaking my heart. She's, she's, we're, we're in this transition, Gross Anatomy podcast is in a transition. It's not me. It's not her. It's me. No, I mean, it's not me. It's her. <laughs> um, I feel as though she's maybe breaking up with me, but maybe still trying a, to figure out how we could be together long distance. Right. right. So we're trying to figure it out and we're trying to interview some more people that um, could possibly fill in as hosts from time to time and like do different stuff for the podcast. So we're looking for new, new minds, new minds, but I'm still trying to figure out a way to keep Lauren with me. I, I'm not ready to break up with her just yet. I know it's, it's going to be too weird, right? We've been doing this Lauren for over three years. We, we yes, just had we our just have a three year uh, anniversary. Although we still like don't see each other in person. I can't believe this pandemic just never ends. Right. Well, that's why I think we could, since we've been doing this on Zoom for over two, two years, at least on Zoom. Yeah. My goal is always for us to like be able to get studio space, but it's just like the time we've never seemed to have time or right. you now it's, it's just a weird world. But since we are figuring it out on Zoom, I, I think, I think since we tend to record on Wednesday evenings at six, we could record Wednesday evenings, East Coast time at nine. That's possible. We're going to work it out. We're going to see what happens, but we are probably going to bring in new co-hosts just to see, try some people out. Lauren's the real, the realist, and I'm the dreamer here on this one. I keep, <laughs> I keep telling Lauren that she's staying with me and we got to figure out a way. And Lauren, I, she's like breaking up with me and I'm like in total denial. She's like, I'm not, but I am. I mean, we talked to a few people today. I am excited to just like have, um, you know, new creative minds, like just, you know, it's always good to throw in new ideas. And just, you don't know this, I reached out to Jackie, our old original host with us, and maybe she could be like a filler in now and then, she said. She'd maybe be interested in filling in periodically. Oh, that's well. great. I love Jackie. Jackie's always got something interesting to say. Right. The problem with Jackie is she's very busy running all over the place, and her concern is that she's not going to be around to kind of be committed to a regular gig. Yeah. Yeah, she is always doing a million things. Yeah. So what does your brother, the artist, say about you leaving town? Or who we've had as a guest, Pink Pulse. Yeah, so we just did a quick goodbye. I didn't want it to be sad. And um, LA to DC is just a straight four and a half hour flight. So we'll see each other. And there you go. How was the drive to Oklahoma? Terrible. <laughs> I don't recommend it. How long did I it take? I don't recommend driving with two large dogs that both weigh like 100 pounds in a Honda Civic with your husband <laughs> and staying in a, like a best western it's not it's not the greatest how long did it take um we were it's like i guess kind of three days we kind of broke it up um yeah so you had two two nights on the two nights in a ho in motels right was it kind of fun no not at all no no part of it was kind of fun no i mean we stayed in uh i think it was uh I forget what website my husband used, something about like find or where can Rover stay or where can your dog stay website. Right. We stayed in those and they weren't the nicest, but you know, like kind of like off the highway motels. Did you reserve them beforehand? No, because we thought we were going to get further one day than we did. 
like in Albuquerque, I'm sure there's, it's fun if like you don't have two dogs or kids, you know, like you can like stop more places. Why didn't you think about like doing like a camping thing, like getting a tent and pitching a tent somewhere? I don't think I'm a camper. I'm not sure. Me neither. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, me neither. And there, there weren't more dog friendly places. I mean, we just, yeah, I guess we just kind of like picked ones that were open, but it, it was a bit cramped, but the dogs are here. They got a big yard at my parents' house. They're happy now. That's good. Yeah. What else, Lauren? Um, nothing. I, I haven't really had that much time to watch anything. I know you finished Squid Games and you liked it overall. So, so I, I didn't dislike it. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of making, you know, my kid kept saying we were watching it dubbed. So, uh, and my kid kept saying, no, you got to watch it just with the subtitles, not dubbed. And finally, like after the, for like the final episode, the last episode or two, we said, okay, let's watch it. She kind of changed it. So we had to watch it just subtitles. And it really was better uh, with just subtitles. Like the acting kind of seemed a little cheesy when it was dubbed. Right. And it definitely got better. Uh, but we liked it. I, I mean, it was definitely intriguing and interesting and, and, you know, it, at one point there was this little weird part of one of the contestants in the Squid Games was this doctor who was harvesting patients' organs. And it was like a little drop of the storyline and they didn't really go anywhere with it. Oh, okay. Well, I heard it's like, it's setting up for season two. Is that what it seems like? Exactly. But I, I think my cousin told me to watch the show, The Maid. It's on Netflix. It's been in the top 10. It's Andy McDowell. So I might check that out. I like Andy McDowell. Yeah, I do too. Name a couple of old Annie McDowell movies. Well, my dad was just watching the other day, Multiplicity. You remember that with Michael Keaton? She's in that one. I remember it vaguely, but that was not, would not be one that I would remember, but the, the, um, any Groundhog others? Day is one of my favorite movies ever. She's Groundhog Day, I forgot about that. That's a great one. The yeah. two that, that's, a, that's a great one. The one that comes to mind, the two that come to mind for me are Greystoke, Legend of Tarzan. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Like I don't know that one. Yeah, it was a really good Tarzan movie. And interestingly, I don't think it was her voice in the movie. I think they dubbed in maybe even Glenn Close's voice, believe it or not. I, I may have read that, that it wasn't her voice, that her voice sounded too twangy or something. I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but that was an interesting fact about it. And then the other movie, and the guy who was in Greystoke is the same guy who was in Highlander. I'm blanking on his name. Christopher Lambert, I, I don't remember his name. And then the other movie that comes to mind that she had just a small little role is St. Almost Fire. Oh, right, yes. She was Emilio Estevez's crush he couldn't get over. And she, was a, she played a doctor, like this amazing oh, yeah, that's right. doctor. Right, yeah, she like, was, she, yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, so I haven't seen her in anything in a while, so I think I'm going to check that out. And I started watching, my kids I think already finished it, I started watching the newest season of Big Mouth. I only watched the first episode. So if I'm not caught up, does it matter? Can I just start a new season? Yeah, you can watch that season. It'll be fun because they actually do a, that season if you're, you're a Seinfeld fan, right? Yeah. So that whole first episode spoofs Seinfeld, which is kind of a, a Seinfeld episode. And it's so it's a pretty funny episode. Like my kids don't even know, didn't even know that it's a Seinfeld spoof. So oh, have they not seen Seinfeld? Is it too dated for them? 
No, they've seen parts of Seinfeld, but you really have to know enough episodes to know that they were spoofing a particular episode of Seinfeld. Oh, cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. And we should definitely talk about it because it's kind of funny. Okay. Yeah. I'll watch that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. But uh, everybody, if you have any thoughts about how we should transition gross anatomy, we'd love to hear them. Really let us know during this new transition period. Let us know. Interestingly, I just have to say, I was making rounds today in the hospital and someone kind of passed me by, said hello. And then I go into a patient's room. I come out of the patient's room and the person chased me back down. And it was a pharmacy tech student who said, you're Dr. Cohen, right? I said, yeah. Uh, and, And the student goes, I just had to stop you. I love your podcast. That's amazing. That's Isn't nice. It amazing? And and yeah. I know I and I said, okay, we want to hear from you. So that was amazing, just to kind of hear out of the blue from this pharmacy tech student. So uh, who said, I, I love your TikTok and I love your podcast. So thanks, pharmacy tech student. I forgot your name. I'm so sorry, but but please Instagram us and and say hello. Yes, we'd love it. Yeah, topic ideas we're always looking for. Um, yeah, any questions you have you want us to answer on the show? We'll be willing to. And there you go. There you go. Thanks. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.